Second Samuel, second book of Samuel, and reading in chapter two. Second Samuel chapter two and reading verse one. And it came to pass after this that David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up into any of the cities of Judah? And the Lord said unto him, Go up. And David said, Whither shall I go up? And he said unto Hebron. Now chapter 3, chapter 3 verse 17 And Abner had communication with the elders of Israel, saying, You sought for David in times past to be king over you. Now then, do it. Verse 27. And when Abner was returned to Hebron, Job took him aside in the gate to speak with him quietly or peaceably, and smote him there under the fifth rib that he died for the blood of Ashahel, his brother. Verse 32. And he buried Abner in Hebron, and the king lifted up his voice and wept at the grave of Abner, and all the people wept. And the king lamented over Abner and said, Died Abner as a fool dieth. Thy hands were not bound, nor thy feet put into fetters, as a man falleth before wicked men. So fellest thou, and all the people wept again over him. I'd like you to turn back to the book of Joshua. Book of Joshua, and in chapter 14 is our reading. Joshua chapter 14, and reading at verse 6. Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Zephaniah the Kenizzite said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses the man of God concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. Forty years old was I when Moses the servant of the Lord sent me from Kadesh Barnea to espy out the land, and I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. As yet, I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now. 
for war, both to go out and to come in. Now therefore, give me this mountain, whereof the Lord spake in that day. For thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there, and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be, the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed them, give unto Caleb the son of Zephaniah, Hebron, for an inheritance. Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Zephaniah, the Kenazite, unto this day, because that he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. Just another brief reading in the first book of our Bible, the book of Genesis, and in chapter 13. Genesis chapter 13, reading the last verse, verse 18. Then Abram removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. Now we do know that God will add his blessing to the reading of his own good word. I would like this afternoon, as the Lord would give help, to speak to you on this place by the name of Hebron. It ought to be of great interest to every believer in the company. The word itself means fellowship or communion. And we ought to be interested in that important fact of knowing something of fellowship and communion with God. I think of the words of the Apostle John in his first letter, In chapter 1 and verse 3, he said, Our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And you'll notice in that letter, having developed that wonderful truth in those five chapters, the importance of knowing fellowship with divine persons. You'll notice how he closed his letter. Some have thought he closed it very abruptly. What is the closing word of 1 John? John says, Little children. Keep yourselves from idols. What's he saying? He says, keep yourself from anything that will rob you out of the enjoyment of fellowship and communion with God. I want you to notice these four men that we have read about and their relationship to Hebron. The first I want to draw your attention to is David. I want you to notice David is the man who was directed to Hebron. You'll notice that at the outset of this chapter we have read, and after these things, or after this, David inquired of the Lord. You know, in chapter 1 of this book of Second Samuel, Saul and Jonathan have been slain. In other words, Israel's throne lies vacant. It needs a king. Not only has Saul been slain, But the future heir to the throne has been slain as well, Jonathan. So the throne is empty. And you may recall in 1 Samuel 16 that David has been anointed with that oil. Anointed by the prophet Samuel to one day occupy the throne. I want you to notice that David doesn't say, well, I'll claim the throne. I'll go up and sit on the throne of Israel. You see, 
David wasn't prepared just to move on circumstances alone. That is a dangerous thing. There may be a, a help at times, particularly if we're praying about a matter. But just don't move on circumstances alone. You know, in 1 Samuel chapter 27, that's exactly what David did. As he looked around, he came to this conclusion. As he looked on circumstances, this was his conclusion. I will now perish one day at the hand of Saul. That's what it looked like, you know. No matter where he went, Saul hunted him, chased him from post to pillar. And that's the conclusion he came to. And he took matters into his own hand. And he went down to the Philistines. Those were very sad, sad days in the experience of David. But David has learnt from that experience. And now, instead of moving on circumstances, David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go up into one of the cities of Judah? I want you to notice with me that getting to Hebron is going up. Going to Jericho in our Bible is going down. You remember Luke chapter 10. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Jericho is described in our Bible as the city of palm trees. It holds a wonderful appeal. And if we were honest in our own heart, maybe we are far longer spending time in Jericho than we are spending time in Hebron. Hebron was situated in the hill country of Judea. That's where that lovely couple that we read about in Luke chapter 1 lived. Zacharias and Elizabeth. They had their dwelling place in the hill country of Judea. And I read about them. That they were both righteous before, Lord, before the Lord. Walking in all the commandments of the Lord. Blameless. You remember the mother of the Lord Jesus. She spent many months with them in the hill country of Judea. So... David inquired of the Lord, shall I go up into one of the cities of Judah? God says, go up. And then he says, to which shall I go up? God said to him, go up to Hebron. That's a good starting point, David. And that is a good starting point for every child of God. It is good in that sense just to commence every day in Hebron. Start the day in fellowship with God. And end the day in fellowship with God good to start the week in Hebron some little measure we have done, done that today it would be good if we ended the week in Hebron as well the man who was directed to Hebron we read in Joshua chapter 14 about Caleb I want you to notice that Caleb is a man who desired Hebron as a man, I was going to say a young man of 40, well, I suppose that's right. As a young man of 40, he went in, he was one of the 12 that were sent in to spy out the land. And he got his first sight, as it were, his first taste of Hebron. Never left him, you know. It was from that very vicinity that they brought the grapes, the clusters of grapes, and the pomegranates. And the fruit of the land, and they both Caleb and Joshua, they brought back the good report of the land. It's a good land and a large. We're well able to take it, but sad to say, there were many others. Though they couldn't deny the land was good, 
They got their eyes instead upon the good of the land. They got their eyes upon the giants. And all they could see was the problems. It's a great thing just to get our eye upon our God. There may be giants and difficult colonies. It's a great thing just to keep our eye upon our God. And so Caleb desired Hebron. I want you to notice some things about Caleb. You'll notice first of all that he rests upon the promise of God. I did notice as I read carefully these verses in in Joshua chapter 14. Five times over you get the expression, as the Lord said, or as the Lord had spoken. You, you, You see, God had given them a wonderful promise. Every place the sole of their foot would tread, he would give it to them. You know, that's the very same as our Bible, you know. God wants us to go in, as it were, just as Israel were to go in and possess the land. God wants you and I to go in and enjoy his word. And to claim every promise in this book. I heard of a preacher on one occasion. He was visiting an elderly sister. And he wasn't long in the home till she said to him, Maybe you'll read me a passage from the word of God. So her well-used Bible was sitting there and he just lifted it and he read a psalm. Passed on a few thoughts about the psalm. And then he noticed as he was reading down the psalm, there were letters at the side of some of the verses. One letter was the letter T. The other was the letter P. And it rather intrigued him. He said to her when he had passed on a few comments about the psalm, I'm rather intrigued with these letters at the side of these verses. T and P. What, what, what do they mean? Oh, she says, very simple, she says. T means tested. And P means proved. And it's good to read our Bible like that, you know. If God is giving us a promise, for this is God's great promise book, it's good to read his promises. It's good to put them to the test. And better more, better still, it is better to prove that. That's exactly what Caleb was doing. He's resting. He's relying on the promise of the word of God. I want you to notice, secondly, he reviews his life. Looks over life. You know what he said? He said, I wholly followed the Lord. Let me say this afternoon, that was no idle boast. I did notice that God said that about him. And Moses, the man of God, said that about him. And Joshua, the servant of the Lord, said that about him. And let me say, if God says something about you, and the believers in Christ say something about you, then it is good to claim it for yourself. This was no idle boast. Caleb could review his life. And he said, I wholly followed the Lord. You know, Caleb's name means a dog. Oftentimes in our Bible when we think of a dog, it's always in a very sad context. But not here. This is, this is a dog in a good sense. Some, someone has said that a man's best friend is his dog. 
Well the idea of wholly following the Lord is just a faithful dog taking every step after his master. Now we're talking to some of the folk about Border Collie that we had when, when, he had the, when we had the farm. That's exactly what he did, you know. Everywhere I went, he went. Couldn't understand it when we sold the farm. Moved in, 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 into the town. I, I put up a, a fence five feet high and a gate. I remember the first Lord's Day morning, I went to the meeting. Came out of the hall. The dog was just lying at the door of the hall. He jumped the fence. I thought he would never get that height. Jumped the fence. You see, he couldn't understand that he couldn't follow me everywhere. Well, that's exactly what Caleb was doing. He wholly followed the Lord. I want you to notice that he renews his strength. <laughs> he says, I'm just as strong now as I was when I went into the land for the first time. He went in when he was 40. He's now 85. He says I'm just as strong this day. To go in and enjoy the good of the land. As I was then. You know for, for 40 years. He had been with a murmuring. Complaining. Rebellious people. But it never got him down. I think it's a lovely picture of Isaiah 40. They that wait upon the Lord. Shall renew their strength. You'll notice as well that he refuses ease. What's he saying? Give me this mountain. You know, we might have thought a man at 85, he's maybe thinking of a pension plan. Not, not so a killer. Give me this mountain. I, he says, I'll settle for nothing less than Hebron. I set my heart upon. And that's exactly what I want Hebron then became the inheritance of Caleb I maybe should say if you read another passage you will discover that there were three giants the three sons of Anak were there and we were reminded throughout the week we sought to remind you that the child of God is three enemies the world, the flesh, the devil they'll all be against us now in seeking to be in the enjoyment of, a Heb of Heb Heb Hebron but Caleb overcame them all when I come to Genesis 14 I need to say very little about this because we have spoken already about an Abram Abram was a man that dwelt in Hebron then Abram removed his tent came and dwelt in the plains of Mamre which is in Hebron and built her an altar unto the Lord then Abram removed his tent we were taught as young believers when you ever see that word then in your Bible just ask the question when when did it happen I want you to notice two things about Ab Ab Abram you will notice that in chapter 12 of Genesis he holds the things of the world very lightly He's the first rich man we read about in our Bible. Bible says he was very rich. But he held his riches rightly for God. It's interesting to notice as well. Not only is he the first rich man in our Bible. 
associated with him is the first time you ever get the word sepulchre. It is interesting to notice that the last rich man you read about in your Bible is Joseph of Arimathea. And it's the last time you get the word sepulchre. It's linked with that rich man. And I think the Spirit of God is teaching us this, that riches are useful. And you're a great thing when you go to buy groceries. They're a very useful commodity. But use them wisely. Because you'll not take them any further than the sepulchre. We have just a little slot of time to use them wisely for our God. He held the things of the world very lightly. We did notice that he looked for the city. That, that word looked is the word scopio. It's from that word we get our word telescope. In other words, Abraham to put the eye of faith to the, to the telescope of God and he got the long range vision in view. But we did notice in our studies wasn't it on Wednesday evening not only did he hold the things of the world very lightly but he held the fellowship of his brethren very highly. He would not have the strife go on between the herdsmen of Lot and the herdsmen of Abraham. You know why? The Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelt then in the land. In other words, the world was looking on. The world was watching. And that's a very sad thing. That the world is looking on and could see strife among brethren. But when that is settled, then, then, Abram removed his tent, came and dwelt in the plains of Mamre. The word Mamre means flatness which is in Hebron, fellowship. My, here's a man enjoying, as it were, spiritual fatness of soul and fellowship with his God and well might he build an altar unto the Lord. But I've read of another man. His name is Abner. I want you to notice that Abner was a man that delayed outside Hebron. I know you may preach it in the gospel. That's very good. And I want to make an, up, an application for you and I. You notice that Abner, he came to the elders of Israel. And he said to them, he said, you talked in times past about making David king. You talked about enthroning David. You talked about giving David the supreme place in your life. Well, said Abner, now then do it. Maybe I am speaking to someone this afternoon. And you have thought about giving a greater than David, David's greater son, the Lord Jesus. You've thought about giving him the supreme place in your life. Mind you, he rightly deserves it. You've thought about enthroning Christ in your heart. I can give you no better advice than Abner gives to the elders of Israel. What did he say? Now then do it he had intended to do it himself he was on his way to do it and he got to the very gate of Hebron but there was a wily cunning foe waiting for him there was a man by the name of Joel that did not want Abner to be in the good of Hebron. 
I've never thought of it as important, you know. Dear child of God, this afternoon, you know what the job is in your life. As I would know what the job is in my life. That would rob me out of fellowship with God. That would rob me, as it were, out of the good of Hebron. Job was there, smote him in the fifth rent, and he died. David spoke at the funeral. What did he say at the funeral of this man? He said, died Abner as a fool dieth. I used to think that was a statement of fact. I noticed there's a question mark after it. What was David doing? He was asking everyone that day, as they stood around <coughs> the grave of this man, did this man die as a fool? So what do you think? Died Abner as a fool dieth? He says his hands were not tied, nor his feet put in, in, into fetters. He was at perfect liberty to go in. I do fear that Abner was just too long in the company of King Saul. There is a saying in the world, and it's, it's true you get like the, keep, the company you keep. A dear brother gave me sound advice years ago. He said, Malcolm, try to keep company with someone that is more spiritual than yourself. That's sound advice. If you keep company with someone that is less spiritual than you are, you'll normally degenerate down to their standard. It is good to keep company with someone that is more spiritual than you are. There is the possibility that your standard could be raised. This man Abner was in the company of Saul. You remember Saul when he came near the end of the journey. You know what he said? He said, I have sinned. I have played the fool. I have heard exceedingly. That dear child of God would be very sad. It would be very sad at the end of the journey. That you would only have to acknowledge. I've sinned. I've played the fool. I have heard exceedingly. But you know there's another Saul. And that's the Saul of the New Testament. Saul of Tarsus. The Apostle Paul. You recall at the end of his journey. What did he say? In 2 Timothy 4. He says I have fought a good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith I appeal to you this afternoon do not be like an Abner do not delay outside Abner be like a Caleb I trust you'll say this afternoon as Caleb did give me this now.